Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I want to welcome you to the show today. Here at the podcast today, we are celebrating Samhain, we are celebrating Halloween, and we're celebrating Alf Bloat. So when we come back, I'm going to go over all three of those, what they mean to each of us as heathens, how we celebrate them as a family, and what we do for this time of year, some of the mysteries surrounding Alf Bloat, and what is off bloat? Most people don't even know what it is. So when I come back, I'll go over that with you. I look forward to talking to you today. So grab yourself a horn, grab yourself a cup, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some beer, some soda, some wine, some cider, oh, for, some today. cider for today, or a nice cup of hot cocoa with as cold as it across most of the United States. And join me as we talk about what we're going to celebrate next. And I'll see you in a moment, guys. Thank you. Joe here with Modern Heathen Man. I want to tell you guys about something really cool. I wanted to buy my wife something really nice. And one of the things I wanted to do is buy directly from a heathen shop or a heathen artisan. So I wanted to buy her something that she could use, that she would enjoy, something that she could relax with and really get into. And I found this great place called Red's Nightmare Bath Bombs. They're on Facebook under Red's Nightmare Bath Bombs, and they have a wonderful assortment of different bath bombs of different shapes and colors, from stars to hearts to ghosts to even little skeletons that my wife really likes. One of the best things they have is a bunch of different smells. They have a lemon or a lemonade, rose, sandalwood, lavender, peppermint, sweet orange, creamy nutmeg, coconut, green apple, Belize, which is they call Dark Beach, which is really good. Blackberry Amber, Sweet Honeysuckle, Pineapple, and many, many more. Not to mention assortment of colors. So if you'd like to get some bath bombs, go ahead and check them out at Red's Nightmare Bath Bombs. Or you can actually go ahead and email her at RedsNightmare29 at gmail.com. R-E-D-S-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E 29 at gmail.com. So go ahead and check them out. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Thank you for joining me today. Today I'm with my wife, Kelly. Hello. And we're going to be talking about Samhain. We're going to be talking about Halloween. We're going to be talking about off bloat. So let's start off with Halloween. Ooh. We all know Halloween as old, All Hallows' Eve, a place when people used to believe that the spirits of the dead, the ghosts and ghouls, walk the earth, and we need to scare them away. Most of our common beliefs currently stems from um, colonial times um, with Halloween and the nomenclature from that time and the stuff that went on throughout the colonial Americas at the time it was very anti-witch, anti-this, anti-that. They were very scared people. Very superstitious people for being, you know, very anti-witch yeah. and stuff. They were very, yeah. very superstitious about everything. Like, if there was a witch in town, they could cause your cattle to die. Or yeah, give you a sickness, give you a sickness or an sickness illness. And, yeah. and, 
change you into a frog or a toad or a or a raven or something of that nature. Very weird. Very and that's strange. where we get a lot of our modern day superstitions yeah. and stuff from, like throwing salt over your shoulder and yep. <laughs> a black cat crossing Cross your path. path. And even weird things like, you know, witch being ugly and using a broomstick and things of that nature come from those old belief systems. Right. But we know today, we know better than that today. We know that the veil is thinning. We know that those people that are walking upon the earth are not ghouls or anything like that. We do know them as ancestors for us because we are heathen. And we know that veil being so thin, we have a chance to connect with our ancestors and to, you know, get them to guide us and show them how our lives are looking. I mean, the Mexicans have something tomorrow with the Dia de los Muertas, which is the Day of the Dead. Which is one of my favorite celebrations. Right. Where they also celebrate the sitting of the veil and the ancestors that they have, and they honor them consistently, even though they are not um, as heathen as we are, or the style of heathen that we are, but they do celebrate just like us. And I really like this time of year because it's where all these things come together. You know, if you're Wiccan, it's Samhain. Samhain is the festival of. The changing of the autumn equinox. Mm-hmm. It's actually the third harvest festival. Too. Third harvest festival. A bunch of different things. Uh, changing back the clocks. We're doing that this weekend as well. A lot of things happen at this time um, for the pagan world, Christian world, and secular world, and honestly, all at the exact same time. And I think that's where we get the idea that the veil is so thin because we're all doing some form of celebrating and some form of understanding what's going on around us and some understanding of how this time of year is affecting us. Right. So when we get in the Wiccan Samhain end of that, um, I'll let my wife explain that to you. So it's basically um, an ancestor veneration time. It's a time to remember that the, the harvest time is over. It's time to come together as a community and keep each other warm and Make sure that everybody is going to be able to get through the dark times of the, of the winter and things like that. We honor our ancestors. We um, honor the people around us. We make a more of a community. We know that we're going to be stuck in, inside for the winter, you know, all right. together. You know, our ancestors were pretty much at this point in time, and even up north right now, it's really, really cold. They're having mm-hmm. snow before Halloween this year. Yeah, I always call this the time of year where it really begins family holiday right yeah. and that's just because we had no choice but to be inside right and i think you know that's that's kind of why it's one of my favorite times of the year is because it is the beginning of that family time it's the beginning of those winter traditions right and we are coming together more as a family we're staying indoors a little bit more mm-hmm. we're you know holding ourselves in it's the time of hibernation for certain animals mm-hmm. and things well, like that i was gonna that. say i like the idea that you know the harvest gives the idea of gathering in, bringing everything to the storehouses, bringing everything in for the year. But we don't do that just with our vegetables, our plants, our work for the year. We do that with our livestock. We do that with our family. We do that with everything we have. We bring it in, bring it closer, starting this time of year, and start having everything more around us and becoming more aware of what's around us. Well, and also, in in a lot of the wicked traditions, today is the end of the old year, the beginning of the new. Right, the new year as well. So it's becoming that turning of the wheel and it's that's why when you can actually see the changes 
today when we woke up, and we're in Alabama. This morning when we woke up, it was a little bit rainy. Yeah, it was, it was 85 like degrees. Yeah, it was 100% it's humidity. It's still, what, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's 50 degrees outside. Yeah, it's 50 degrees outside. It's cold. It's still rainy. Um, the humidity has gone away a bit, but it's still raining and everything. So, I mean, that's just a change within the day. Right, but it is that time when you really see that autumn change going on a lot of places, or that cold mm -hmm. weather change. So, this is my favorite time of the year because of the changes in the seasons and, you know, getting to be closer to my family, getting to get ready for those more festive holidays, things that we do together okay. as a family, as a community. And most most communities, like pagan communities, get together more at this time of the year right. as well. Well, I think it brings us closer to nature at this time of the year as well because we're starting to see the change. We're noticing something different. We're watching things die, and we're doing more work outside because now it's cooler, and we right. can do more work outside. You know, like that fall time, like spring and fall are really great times to be outside in nature, and we enjoy ourselves at those times. Right. And I think we're much closer to nature at those times as well. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the beauty of fall is one of the reasons we are outside more, because we do see the leaves changing, you know, that, that the colors and, right. and, you know, that cool weather, putting on a sweater or a yeah. jacket or something like I that. I think we're trying to, to grab a handle on a last glimpse of life and the, the world around right, us before right. everything dies and goes away. Right. Yep. We don't have a lot of that here. We have pretty much that here. Well, I mean, like, my garden dies well, from here. And... No, but we don't have the changes like we do. Or, or no, no, to, not like, the dramatic ones. No, because it'll be one day, <laughs> it'll be green. And it's not like Colorado that's minus four today. Right. You know, well, right? no, what I'm going to say, though, is one day we'll be looking out and it'll be green and beautiful at summertime. And a week later, everything's dead. Yeah, it's fall. <laughs> but it's not just like the colors changing. Everything turns brown and dead right away. It's not like right. that you know, that beautiful change of scenery that I'm used to being from up north. Gotcha. All right, we're going to take a break here for a moment, and we're going to play um, a promo for one of our heathen um, people. Like, heathens helping heathens is a real big thing, and I, I put heathen businesses on my podcast um, so you guys can visit them. I know it's always the same ones. I'm trying to search out for a few more. So if you get a chance to visit these heathen businesses, there are people that are trying to make money. Um, Yule is coming up, so we'll be getting some gold gifts, um, and things like that. We're starting to be at home more, so we can do our altars more. Right. And all these people have things that are for us to do within our homes, taking baths, cleaning up, um, building altar pieces. Growing a beard. Growing a beard, right, for the wintertime. <laughs> exactly. Casting rooms. Everything we want to do inside comes from these people. So I'll play a promo here, and if you get a chance, go ahead and visit that promo. Visit those people that are selling those things and help the heathen businesses survive as well. And if you well. know of anything you'd like us to check out, please send it to yeah, us as well yeah. so we can check them out for Yeah, every one of these businesses I bought something from and, and understand what they are and I actually use them consistently. So I appreciate it and I appreciate them and they, they get to be on here for free because I do like their products and I do like the heathens. So I appreciate it. But if you get a chance, check them out and we will be right back. Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. I was looking for some new stuff for my beard, and I was looking around, and I wanted something my wife would like as well. I was looking for a good product that didn't leave my beard feeling greasy, 
that nourished it and kept it moist and had a good scent to it as well. Um, so in discussing with my wife, we tried a few different things and I found this wonderful heathen place called Beast Curiosities. Now they don't just offer beard oil, they have quite a few different products available through them. Um, you definitely want to go ahead and check them out at beastcuriosities.com. But I specifically tried the beard oil. Um, I tried Hell's Respite, I tried Tears Loyalty, and I tried, give me one second, Yord's Wilderness. All of these were really great beard oils. They all had wonderful scents that lasted a long time and would stay with me throughout the whole day. They nourished my beard and kept it good. And they also made it that it felt nice and was good to smell. And other people around me liked it quite a bit. So when you actually get in their oils, they tried really hard to produce an oil that does what it says it's going to do while nourishing your beard as well. They tried a few products so they got the great one together and they call it their magical beard oil i will tell you it is magical it smells great even after going to the pool with my wife for about three hours my beard still smelled great and felt great so with that said i'm going to tell you to go ahead and check them out again they're not only beard oil but beast curiosity is a place you want to go beastcuriosities.com you can also email him and check out his products at beast at beastcuriosities.com. They have a Twitter account at bscuriosities, and you can also find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash beastcuriosities. You definitely want to go out and get some of this if you have a beard. It is a wonderful product, something great to use. My wife and her friends all love this product quite a bit. So go ahead and get it if you get a chance, guys. It's a wonderful product. Thank you, guys, and have a great day. everyone we are back and i want to thank you for joining us today for modern hate man i'm here with my wife kelly Hello, and we're discussing the holiday at this time so today is a really cool day for my kids um well my kid my older one isn't going this year but um, my younger son is going trick-or-treating um and as is the festival in most places in the united states today it's kids are going to go out knock at doors for bank for free candy right <laughs> it's always fun so um, they enjoy dressing up as their favorite people. I think he's Deadpool this he's year. He's Deadpool this year, and it was funny because he picked out because he knows Deadpool has this Hello Kitty duffel bag. So he had to get this pink trick or treat bucket that had black kitty cats on it because that's just how Deadpool that's is. That's how Deadpool is. So <laughs> he's going to enjoy himself tonight as Deadpool as he walks around town and collects candy from strangers who are going to give him tons and tons of candy. He thinks in his dream he has a huge backpack full of candy and he'll be happy with that. But in most of America, we, we have the kids. I shouldn't say we have them dress up. They choose to dress up. They want to dress up. They want to be like their friends. They want to be their favorite superheroes or whatever. They want to be their favorite uh, ghoul or... Or whatever, whatever they, they want, want to right? Be, whatever, whatever career they want to be, and they just have a really good time. And but the origins of it was originally people would dress up to scare away the ghosts and ghouls that would show up at your door. Um, as heathens, we have a little different thing going on. We're celebrating the autumn equinox, as was discussed earlier. No, um, this is this is not the autumn equinox. The autumn equinox oh, sorry. Is September. Yeah. This is the midway point between the equinox. And the solstice. There you go. So that's what we're celebrating. <laughs> Sorry so to you. that's okay. I was going to read it here anyway. Um, so many celebrate as the commercial form, trick or treating, obviously, to sell candy. You know, Walmart makes a fortune off of us um, this week wearing costumes and overdosing on candy. They 
kids get all hyper and go crazy, and for the next three days, we'll be yelling, yelling at them to stop eating their candy. <laughs> My favorite thing is a Jay Leno that puts out the whole, hey, I ate Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon puts out the whole, you know, video where you look at your kid and say, hey, I ate all your, your uh, Halloween candy while you're at school because I was hungry and see how they react. And he gets these great reactions. Um, but for us, it's off bloat. And it marks the general end of autumn. Therefore, it can technically be celebrated on any day around this time. But in most recent years, we've been uh, predominantly uh, practicing on the 31st of October, which is Halloween or the Wiccan Samhain. Um, traditionally, Hofblood was intended to be a sacrifice to the elves, whose magical powers have a close connection to the ancestors, as well as the fertility of ourselves and the land. Um, contrary to the larger bloats or rituals that took place in big cities um, in Sweden, Norway, and the Scandinavian countries, Offflow was performed specifically at homesteads, and only local people or family themselves were welcome um, to attend it. No strangers were ever offered entrance into the Offflow after the Offflow began. They also were not allowed to take part or watch the Offflow. Um, so due to that, mystery and secrecy that surrounds it, we have very little real influence or idea of what actually happened in Offbloat, other than we know they gave milk. Right, that's that's more of an Irish or right. thing to give milk to the, the fairies right. or the leprechauns. But I think it's, an, it's you know, a way of venerating them, a way of showing them, hey, we right. appreciate you being here. So we can kind of adopt other cultures, traditions, you know, as part of this, because we don't know everything. We don't know exactly what happened. Right. But you know, we can take somebody else's tradition a little bit and use it in our own to right. kind of say, hey, this may not be exactly right, but at least we're trying. Right. And there are a couple of references in um, some of the sockets and stuff. But one of them is in the Ostra Favre, sir. Uh, here is Sigurdur's account told after he and his companion had been sent on a diplomatic mission to Skara, which is in Sweden. Okay, they're traveling to meet Jarl Ragnarold Olsen, but they needed shelter for the night before continuing their journey. Sigurdur and his friend arrived at a homestead called Hoth, presumably what is known as Storahoth or near Estvera, Sweden. Expecting to be greeted with warm hospitality, as was the custom at the time, they were very surprised and disgruntled when the door to the homestead remained shut. Sigvitter tried to complain their plight, but the household declined to let them in, saying the place was hallowed. Giving up Sigvitter and his companion continued to the next homestead. Upon their arrival, they met a woman who exclaimed, Don't go further inside. Unlucky men. We are afraid of Odin's wrath. We are pagans. She chased the men away as they were wolves and told them that they were having an elven sacrifice. Three times more, the men attempted to find a place to rest, but each time they were told to leave by men who called themselves Olvir. As a last resort, Sigvitter and his crew decided to seek out a known man as the most hospitable man in the district. The man scowled at them before leaving them out in the cold, and Sigurdur commented that if this truly was the best man, then the worst man must have been truly evil. <laughs> A potential clue to the rites performed during Alfo lies in Kermak Saga, in which there is an account of sacrifices being made to the elves in order to heal a battle wound. But unlike the sacrifice specifically for today, or the one in Sigurdur's uh, account, 
This one appears that it was being able to be done any time of the year, but it gives us some insight into the rites of Ulfgloat. It says, A hill there is, answered she, not far away from here, where elves have their haunt. Now get you the bull that Carmack killed, and redden the outer side of the hill with its blood, and make a feast for the elves with its flesh. Then thou wilt be healed. The word Ulfgloat literally translates to elf ritual or elves, or associated with burial mounds, also known as barrows as it was believed that they lived in or around them. It is now thought that the elves were another incarnation of human souls, as the dead were commonly referred to as elves. For example, King Olaf of Geerstead was known as Olaf Geerstead Alf, the elf of Geerstead. After his death, it was believed that upon being placed in his burial mound, he was then venerated as an elf. In other pagan variations of the celebration, as well as the later Christian equivalent that we know as Halloween or All Hallows' Eve, was often referred to the Day of the Dead, which is the Mexican idea. The sacrifice to elves signifies that the Norse also celebrated it in the same manner, namely as a time for ancestor worship. So as heathens, we also have this ancestor worship going on. And not really worship, because I tend to shy away from the word worship consistently, because when you say worship, it brings the Christian connotation to being subjugated to, or, you know, everything is an all, we venerate our ancestors, we honor them, and we do those things, because veneration and honor is a little bit different than worship. Any input, Kelly? No, I mean, it's, it's very similar to what we celebrate at this time mm -hmm. of the year, no matter what the religion is. It, it's very, you know, whether it's the Mexicans who are, who are predominantly Catholic celebrating the Day of the Dead or pagans in other forms celebrating Samhain or Halloween. It's all about honoring the ancestors right. at this time of the year. Definitely. So when we come back, I'm going to go over a small actual off-bloat. Um, I'm going to base it on an actual bloat. So we'll go over an actual off-bloat, what you should do to it. And um, again, we're going to be visiting um, or I'm going to be playing a thing for a heathen business. If you get a chance to visit them, heathens helping heathens, helping these people survive. Um, Christmas, or not Christmas, pardon me. Yule is coming, which I'll be talking about later. But that's coming and we need gifts and stuff and it's time to be inside as we're discussing. So if you get a chance, visit with them, and we'll be right back. Hey guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope... Um, meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Cars everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. 
He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small DD poles of five to six inches for $40, seven to eight inches for $45, nine to 10 for $50, and 11 to 12 for $60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hamdal, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Okay, we are back, and I want to thank you for joining us for Modern Heathen Man. This is Joe and my wife, Kelly. Hello. Again. So we're going to go over a basic load, and I've done this a couple times, but um, I'm just going to do it for all float, and we'll go from there. So we, we have to first understand who the elves are and where the elves come from and what the elves mean to the people that were our ancestors and the people that we're venerating and the ancestors that we're venerating at the same time. So... Days gone by, blue would usually require an animal sacrifice, but today we offer beer, we offer meat, and milk again, sometimes, milk sometimes, right? And again, we go over sacrifice today, and something has to mean something. It has to require loss or sacrifice. Sacrifice something you want, something you don't want to give up. That's an offering. That's a sacrifice. Okay. The blood consists of three main parts: um, the consecrating, the offering, and the sharing of the offering and libation. So we go over the consecration, just like any other thing, we consecrate um, the ground is hallowed. And if you remember in the account, um, they were turned away because the person said that the ground was already hallowed. So we hallow our ground today by using a hammer. Mm -hmm. We make the sign of the hammer and we face it the north, the, south, the, the north, the east, the south, and the, the west, west above me. and below. And we go ahead and we hallow the ground, and we ask the um, gods to do this and make that ground hallow while we use it for the time. Um, then we do the offering, and a lot of times before the offering, especially at my blooms, I do some talking about what we're gathering for and the understanding of why we're gathering. Um, so I would tell my people, if we were gathering for this, or I'd tell my family, we're gathering today for all flow. We want to celebrate the elves, the people that... Um, do little things around that help with fertility of the land, that help with the fertility of us, that help with the happiness of our house and the things that go around us and the nature that we enjoy every day. Those elves help that, so we want to honor them. And I do a small talk about that and about how elves do things, or I may tell a story about elves within the, the realm of the gods or from one of the sagas or something like that. And then I'd get into the actual um, sacrifice or offering. And at that time, we would then... Um, physically offer something to the elves either by spilling on the ground or putting it at our altar we have an outside altar we have an inside altar um most notably we'd put 
offering to the elves and the outside altars so they can come whenever they feel they're right. safe or happy and get that offering and understand that it's theirs. Um, we also offer the gods there so they can come and get it when they want it and stuff like that. And they get a portion of that offering, and we also share that offering with them. So in the sharing of the offering, we're going to go ahead and we're going to pass around the horn. And it, if this one, if we fill it with milk, we fill it with milk because that's what we're offering them, and that's what we're going to take as well. And we show them that this is a good offering, that we ourselves would take this, that we're giving it to them even though we can use it consistently. And we honor them by sharing what we have. Um, the libation afterward is a celebration where we pass around the mead, we celebrate the elves, we honor them, um, we have a symbol, and we talk about the elves and different things, or we may have to talk about um, where an elf has visited us and everything else. So in the consecration, the, the person performing the ritual in the case, the elf bloat, the head of the house or the homestead, known as the Olvir, um, would offer the sacrifice to the gods. Certain ones being evoked, called upon, depending on the occasions, so in this case, we should call maybe Freya or Freyr and the ancestors that we want to come and just invite all the ancestors we want. Um, in old times, we discussed the animal would be slaughtered, its blood spilled upon the ground. Alternately, alternately today, we use beer, we use meat, we use anything we want to offer that's offering. Um, most places don't still sacrifice animals. Some do. It's entirely up to them. Another traditional thing, if you don't want to do like them, the, the meat is bread, bread. that you bake or right. a cake that you bake, something that, that would remind them of home. Mm -hmm. So we pour that out of the ground or into an offering bowl and put it on the altar. The remaining fresh liquid will be distributed among the congregation of the people that are there. If we're doing a true oath blood, it would just be your family. Um, or if you're doing a, a ceremony where you're allowing other people, the older would um, then just offer it to the whole congregation, wait for it to get back to him. We then do some more talking, honoring, and close the ceremony. That's a very small bloat, very simple bloat. Um, as I discussed before, you can do really small bloats that are just daily bloats, but definitely do some bloats at home, especially this is one of your great chances is, to do an actual yeah, I was home bloat. Say, this is a great chance to teach your children, too, like, mm -hmm. but this is what we do, and this is why we do it. Right. So this is a great chance, and we're actually going to do this tonight, and I think when we come back, we'll talk about yeah. a little bit about what we're going to do tonight. How does that sound? That sounds great, actually. So um, we're going to go ahead and visit one more um, promo for you guys for another heathen business. I think I have a total of four or five in here, so um, if you get a chance to visit this heathen business, they can use your business. They're heathens just like you are, and they need to survive just like you do. So go ahead and visit them if you get a chance, and we'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it 
to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They are incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S will find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. the last segment and we're going to talk about what we're going to do for our off float and we're going to share that with you so I'll let my wife talk a little bit and then i'll talk okay so one of our favorite things to eat at this time of the year because it's fairly seasonal it goes along with the whole whichever holiday you celebrate whether it's halloween or Samhain or mm-hmm. or off float or any of these these things um is called three sisters stew and it kind of it kind of honors Joe's ancestors being a Native American. So what it includes is pumpkin, beans. Wait, let's get, let me give the recipe. This will be, okay. a, this will be right. a great time for you guys to get an actual recipe from me. <laughs> so what I do is I take a few chicken legs and we begin to boil them. And what we're doing is we're making a um, stock. We then take the chicken legs out of that, debone them, de-skin them, and de-meat them. And that meat will go back in the pot. Okay. Inside that pot, we're going to put um, pureed pumpkin. We're going to put um, cans of corn that are drained. No, no we don't drain, we don't the, drain cans. the cans of corn. Pardon me. Two, two cans of corn that are not drained and two cans of string beans that are drained. Okay. To that, we're going to add nutmeg, clove, clove cinnamon, and allspice and get a good... Uh, Get a good flavor going with that. You can add regular beans too. I like adding regular beans to it sometimes. Sometimes I don't. It's up to you entirely. Um, but we're going to add the stock back to that. We're going to stir it. We're going to let it boil as a soup for a while with all those flavors. I now. wouldn't say boil. I'd say simmer because you simmer, don't want yeah. a full boil. Because then yeah, I, I like having a crock pot. In all honesty, I prefer using a crock pot. We don't do that in the snow all that often. Um, we'll let that go then for roughly about 45 minutes. In the 45 minutes, you get some condensed milk. Or some heavy cream, you add it directly to the pot. I forget to add your chicken back in, too. Oh, I did add the chicken back in, right. Um, You add that back in. You can throw some chopped onions in there, which I like to do. You can throw some garlic in there, which I like to do as well, um, just for added flavor. Some salt and pepper, of course. Um, Taste your soup. Make sure it's good. Make sure the milk added the creaminess to it. And there's the soup, the three sisters too. And our really kids like. go nuts for this stuff. Like this is like their favorite fall meal. Like mm-hmm. they can probably eat this every day. In fact, I told Kiernan, our youngest one, we were making this for dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Mommy, can I take some for my teacher tomorrow? Because she would love to try this." 
So, so that and a fresh loaf of bread and some butter, you're good to go. Right. And then we're also going to make something that's also a family tradition for both of us. It's potato candy. Yep. And of course, this is my recipe as well. <laughs> it's his recipe, but we both had this growing up as kids. Mm-hmm. It was something we both enjoyed. Both like both of our families made it in a little bit different ways, but we both right. made it. So we're going to do that as well. And that's yeah. how we're going to honor our ancestors. You know, bring up those recipes um, from one ancestor to another and um, keeping those recipes alive and remembering where they came from. Because when I eat them, I remember who taught them to me. But while I'm eating them, they remember who taught them to them. Right, right. You know, and so on and so forth. So. And then we're going to, what we're actually going to do, we're going to take our sun trick or treating. We're going to come back and have dinner. But we're going to do what's called a dumb feast. And this is something that we've taken from Egyptian tradition right. and uh, Wiccan tradition is what you do is you, you don't talk during dinner. You sit there, you contemplate what you're eating, you contemplate this where it that came comes from, from your ancestors. Um, the, that the came from the ground, right? Yeah, right. So you're contemplating and you're thinking about where this food came from, how you learned to make this, what it represents, the people that it represents. So your ancestors are never forgotten when you're making right. something like this. Now, if I had the time today, I probably, probably would have made a shoe fly pie. For, for some of my ancestors, because we're Pennsylvania Dutch. That would have also been my recipe. <laughs> but either way. <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of our, our thing, is we try to incorporate family things into that. Then after dinner, we'll do a small bloat. Mm-hmm. We'll sacrifice some of that good soup that we're going to have yep. tonight. And it's a cold rainy night here, so it's even more, mm-hmm. more perfect. But we'll we'll sacrifice some of that to the elves and to the gods and to... Right. Right, exactly, on this cold, rainy night. And then we're going to bring in our family albums, our family photo albums and stuff, and talk about our ancestors to them Mm -hmm. um, as part of the ritual, as part of the bloat, as part of this whole idea of ancestor veneration and ancestor honoring. Talk about the stories about the people that influenced us. Yep, and helped us be the people we are today. Right. Well, we were not, both of us were not grown up pagans at all, but are um, heathens. In all honesty, we, we really enjoy the heathen religion, as you know, we talked about before, and what brought me to it. I think it's a, a more of a home-centered path. I think it's more religion of true honor and true building up rather than tearing down. And I think that through honoring our ancestors and knowing who they were, our children know who they're going to become and who they have the potential to become and what they have the potential to become and what they have to live up to. And maybe teach them that history repeats itself in a way, too. So if we can learn some of the mistakes of some of those right. ancestors, if we tell them not just the good things about them, but some of the bad that right. they've done as well. When I was a Boy Scout leader, one of the most powerful things I've ever heard in my life was um, we were getting ready to take the Boy Scouts out on an outing for the day. And at the time, um, one of the boys' dads was really big in the church. I mean, like, real big in the church. And, you know, his father came up to him. Usually, you know, the father gives some advice. You're going to be good. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to do the other thing. And all this other stuff. And the father looked at him and he pointed to me. He said, hey, remember who I am before the boy left. And the boy had to then, in turn, honor who his father was. Not caring about who he was or anything like that, just honor who his father was and who his father had become because he wanted him to venerate him in that. And I, I thought that was really powerful. And that spoke, you know, gobs to me. So in this time when we know that our ancestors are going to be walking the earth and being closer to us than ever before, remember who they are. 
remember what they did. Remember them for the people they were. And even if you didn't know them, just remember their stories that you heard about them from other people who did know who they were. You know, great, 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 great grandma Ethel, who, you know, you didn't never meet. You know you didn't never meet. But you may have a story from, you know, grandma um, Edith, who told grandma Josie about grandma, great, 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 great grandma Ethel. So just honor those and really have a good time with it. So with that said, I want to wish everybody a happy sound, a happy Halloween, a happy off-blow, a happy Dia de los Muertas, the dead, um, and any other thing that you celebrate this time, I definitely wish you a happy one. Um, For if anybody's listening in the southern hemisphere, yeah. it's Beltane today. Beltane, yes, the other the opposite <laughs> end of our spectrum. So we want to mention that as well because, you know, that's yeah. important that we mentioned both sides of yes. the yeah, they're going through the other side of it. So, right. so um, God, I forgot I drew people in South America. Yeah, 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 yeah. South America and Australia. So, listen, I'm really, I'm really um, taken back by this podcast, how far it goes and who gets to hear it and everything else. But I really um, really enjoy my listeners and looking at where you guys are from. So I want to wish everybody a happy whatever it is to you today. And I hope you have a blessed one. I hope it's filled with love and happiness. And I hope you uh, get everything you want today in your the holiday that you're celebrating. So from Joe and Kelly, have a blessed day, guys. Thank you.